Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo. I'm joined today by Todd Payton, Tom DeAngelis, and Rick Hackman. We're all from Stewardship and Mission of Faith. How are you guys doing? Hey, Rob. Good, good to be here. All right, it's great to be here with you guys. Uh, so welcome to Reflections from the Heart. For those of you who have joined us before, welcome back. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, Reflections from the Heart is a weekly gospel reflection where we look at the gospel that we will hear on Sunday at Mass. Uh, so it's, uh, it's just a treat to be able to do that ahead of hearing it uh, on Sunday. So this Sunday we will hear the gospel uh, and the Gospels from Matthew, Matthew 22, 1 to 14. So if you're in a, in a spot where you can grab your Bible and open that up and, and join us when we, when we read the Gospel again, Matthew 22, verses 1 to 14. But before we do that, Ty, can you just open up with prayer and, and invite the Holy Spirit in? Okay. In the, name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, our Father, we're so thankful, uh, as always, for each day, for all the things uh, that we have been blessed to have and all of our gifts. So we pause at this moment right now to uh, slow down, to ask for some quiet and for some, some time to just thank you for the gift of moving about in your kingdom today, to put our feet on the floor today, uh, for the gift of life, uh, for the gift of this time we have here together with those of us here and all of our listening audience uh, we pray, Lord, that you would send in your Holy Spirit to be with us today, to touch our hearts, to guide us, to illuminate our minds, our intellects, our souls with your truth, uh, that uh, in the time that we spend meditating and considering all that you have for us, that we will be better for this time well, once it passes and our lives will be changed, our day will be changed, our time with our families and loved ones will be different because of this time we spent with you. So we, we ask all these things today uh, as we begin our time together, and we pray for the intercession of our Queen Mother in Heaven as we pray together. Hail Mary, full, full of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 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 Father, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And this past week, guys, we had uh, we had forty hours at our at our parish. What a what a treat that was! Uh, and the the priest that was invited to do the the homilies each night, uh, Father Ugo, young Brazilian priest, came in and and uh, and each of the nights he focused on one of the theological virtues. Did uh, faith the first night and hope second night, and finally charity, Christian love, the third night, uh, the closing night. And I missed, unfortunately, missed the first night. The second night on hope was beautiful. He, he talked about an image in, in Rome, a statue of, of the virtue of hope, and how that statue had an anchor as, as the symbol, and how you know, we need to be anchored to God, anchored to our faith, anchored to the church. Uh, and then last, uh, the last night was love, and the first reading that was selected was from St. Paul. And uh, in our stewardship, uh, stewardship Catholic prayer book, 
one of the prayers that we have is the prayer of love taken from that reading. So, Tom, if you could uh, just read that, uh, read that, or pray, lead us in praying that prayer. Thank you. Lord, please grow me in your truths of love. Grant me the grace to live them out each day of my life. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not proud. Love is not rude. Love is not self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil. Love rejoices with the truth. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Faith, hope, and love always remain, the greatest of which is love. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Tom. And uh, if anybody that's listening would like a copy of our prayer book, please get in touch with us uh, through our website. You can call uh, call our office, and you can order a copy for yourself. Uh, you can order multiple copies for prayer groups or just to pass out. Uh, it's a, it's a, a beautiful book, a uh, beautiful book of prayers. Uh, Rick, can you lead us in the, in the gospel, please? The gospel is taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Jesus again in reply spoke to the chief priests and elders of the people in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and fattened cattle are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads, and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment. The king said to him, My friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind his hands and feet and cast him into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Uh, Todd, this, hearing Rick uh, read this Gospel makes, makes me think of some of the times that we're with our, our students, uh, the students in the schools where we're, we're blessed to serve, and we talk about faith, you know, stewardship, a mission of faith, and we... Mm. Talk about what is stewardship, what is a mission, what is faith, and uh, and finally, you know, if they don't say it, we have them act out, you know, pretending that one of them is a Christmas tree, and one of them, you know, there's a present underneath the tree, and and finally we get them this gift. Oh, faith is a gift, and and as Rick was reading that, I was thinking of of how we share that with with the kids that here, God is so awesome. He's presented this beautiful banquet 
prepared at all. He's done all the work. It's all there. And like we say to the to the kids in the schools, you know, this gift of faith is right in front of us. And, you know, if it was like a buffet, you know, you have the, the buffet that God prepares of peace, love, hope, joy, you know, kindness, generosity. And then you have the buffet that the world is offering. And then he steps out, not of our lives, but steps out of our free will and says, choose, choose. And that's what is going on here. The, you know, the wedding feast is prepared. Well, and, and, it, and it's fun with the kids because a lot of them can connect with the a relationship to food, right? So if, if you can picture God making the most perfect, pristine, all-bountiful, absolutely every perfect type of food you would want on a buffet, uh, some of us have probably been to buffets that were less than desirable, but we're talking about, you know, the heavenly buffet, right, of all that is perfect and right and good for us, and he's prepared that for us. And then there, we also have the counterfeit or the alternative or the something that's less than that, that heavenly buffet. And, you, and you're right, Rob. He, he does allow us to go drive through, I don't know, I don't want to insult any, any drive through restaurants, but we, we, we can go through a drive through at midnight and get something left over from that day, or we can go to the heavenly buffet, you know, and, and it is our choice. And here I think in this gospel today, to your point, Rob, we, we find – where you see this amazing, kind of stunning exercise of humans' free will, right? Where here the invitation is sent out, and people just still ignore it. Not only do they ignore it, sometimes they're actually hurting the messengers who bring the invitation. You know, and, and, and again, we, we talk about how all of human history is such a, uh, a tale and an accounting of all the good and glorious ways that humans exercise their free will, which is a gift. And all of the terrible, awful, um, just stunning ways in, in, in a bad way that, that the free will is exercised. And here in this gospel, I think we see that again in spades, you know, and which, is, which is what you see so often throughout the Bible. And just a couple of weeks ago, we hear the, of the two sons, right? The father asks both sons, and one says, I will not. Right. And then has a change of mind, change of heart, and goes. The other one says, yes, sir. And who knows what happened? He could have gotten distracted with other good things or, you know, could have all the, you know, the best intentions of going, but then, you know, I, I picture myself coaching little kids in soccer, like four or five years old. Oh, look at the butterfly. Look at the, yeah. you know, just getting distracted with everything and never went. It's interesting. Our, our priest at our, at our parish that morning gave a homily at the difference between intentions and actions and how claiming that you intended to do something is an entirely different matter altogether than doing it. And that the road to hell is paved with what good intentions. good intentions and so for us to say you know what i thought about doing that or i had planned on doing that but but something got in the way or something happened that in some sense or way to be a little bit blunt about it like we tend to be sometimes with the kids right as we're talking to them it just doesn't count it just doesn't count those intentions have to translate into action because that is a sign of us exercising and motivating our will to do something, to do something, not to intend to do it. And man, that really, that was a hot dagger in my heart for sure because out of any number of things I try to accomplish in any given week that I think are good things to try to accomplish and what my intentions are based on what I actually do get accomplished and did those, were those things really that important? And did I lose something that should have been a higher priority and it really wasn't? And, you know, just wrestling with that in my daily life, in my weekly life, um, in all the areas that, that we live, at, both at work, at home, with our families. 
And this idea of not only picking the best things that should be done from week to week, but then doing them uh, is such a challenge, I think. I think one of the <clears throat> things that stands out to me about um, this parable was just the whole idea that many are invited and few are chosen. Um, the thing that, that really kind of hit me when I when we were reading through this is that, you know, if you look at the parable the way it plays out, uh, it really isn't, uh, the choosing is not really done by the king or the king's son or anybody who's throwing the banquet. It really is is the... Uh, the invitees who are choosing whether whether they're going to attend or not, and of course the first group, the you know the 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 original invited guests um, decide that they're not they're not going to attend, and some even you know kill the servants who are out there you know kind of reminding them and and encouraging them to to attend, but um, but also the you know the the good and bad alike that were called in from the streets. Um, they also have to choose. In one case, an individual decides that uh, he's going to show up without a wedding garment uh, and uh, and is and, and is you know unceremoniously escorted out into the wailing and gnashing of teeth. So, uh, but the, but the choice is as much ours as it is uh, the the uh, you know the king who's doing the inviting. Uh, so we have to. Yeah, we have to make a decision to attend. So, and it and it is that it is that intention. I think sometimes you know, good intentions get a little bit of a bad rap from that saying. But by the same token, you know, the, hell, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, but so is the road to heaven. So we have to have a good intention before we can carry it out. It's the ones we don't carry out that are that are that get us off off track and get it's us in trouble. Un- unfulfilled good intentions. Right. 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 Yeah. Which, which intentions get acted upon? Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and as you guys are talking about this, uh, like there's something I needed to do today that I still haven't done because I needed my computer out, and you know, I need to make contact with somebody, and I I have the intention of doing it, and I'm I need to I need to do it. It's been a busy day, and just haven't had a chance to, and uh, you know, so my intention has been there, but you know, it, it I need to follow through, and, and I know in my life, especially if I'm driving or if I'm able to, if I think of someone, if I can do it right then, make a phone call. If, if someone comes on, you know, comes in my mind or on my heart, just make the call instead of saying, oh, I need to call Scott. I haven't talked to him in a while. And then you just kind of register it back in the, in the file cabinet of your brain. I mean, for me, at least, it, it doesn't happen. So as often as we can do it now, right, if, if you have that good intention, God puts something on your heart to do something good, true, and beautiful, something loving, and if we're able to, let's just let's work on just doing it now. Let's do it now. I don't know, um, as, as you guys have, have reflected on this particular scripture passage, um, what, what did you think the meaning of, you know, he was there without a wedding garment and, and why that upset the king so much and then he was um, very abruptly taken out of the banquet? What, what thoughts or reflections as you've ever been in your reflection groups or, or personally thought about that. I'm, I'm interested to hear that because I've, I've often wondered about why that happened the way it, the way it has. And uh, I, I was thinking the same thing. And, and each week at Stewardship Mission of Faith, we put together uh, a reflection sheet for schools, for, for students to use. And then um, we have what's called a food for thought section. And one of the, the folks that, that helps us with that, their, you know, her, her contribution this week was, uh, was this question. How, how do we value our own wedding garment? the sacrament of baptism. Mm. 
How do you remember your baptism every day? Has its meaning changed for you over the years of your faith journey? So when we're baptized, we are, we are new. We're given the garment. We're given the garment. We are made new. And, you know, original sin is gone, and we become adopted sons, and we become sons and daughters of, of the king. Um, so uh, and I, never, I, I never thought of it like that. You know, I never thought of it like that until, um, until this question came as, uh, as the suggestion for this, uh, for this week's reflection. So, you know, what an amazing gift. Right. There was a um, one of our nieces was baptized. There's seven other kids. And when all the baptisms were over, the presider of the baptism said, I'd like to introduce you to St. Mara, St. John, St. Nicole. And just went through all the names and said that until they're, you know, at the age of reason, they are all they're all saint. They are in the perfect state of grace. Right. Man, what a gift. What a gift! And then the and, and adults that are baptized, you know, when they come into the church, and they're and they're baptized, man, everything from before is gone. It's not just, you know, like a dung heap being covered with, with white powder snow, and then underneath it's still dirty dung. No, but we are changed from the inside out, not just covered. We are changed from the inside out with that beautiful sacrament. I felt like um, when I read that question, Rob, this week that the the sacrament of baptism is that is that bringing into the family of God that it is that incorporation right and and if you look at the different places in the Bible where our Lord talks about go out baptizing right and bringing them in uh, the power of what baptism really is and what it does and and that it's such a powerful thing baptism that it was something that Jesus himself went through and we may have talked about this before uh, on on this particular radio show and certainly in other places where if there was one um, person that I could think of who maybe didn't need baptism, uh, I would think it might be Jesus, yeah, right? A little he, bit, a little bit. <laughs> he, he might be on the inside of that particular um, event already. And, and sure enough, that was something he needed to go through. And not only that, but there was a person who was Elizabeth's child who was prepared to baptize Jesus. And, and it was part of God's plan and, and part of what we consider and see and, and we pray the rosary and different things, right? So, so John the Baptist came prior to Jesus. He was there to baptize Jesus. And, and what, a, what an amazingly incredible, powerful event baptism must be. And as you say, and as our questions today pose, do we consider and do we think about the gift of baptism in our lives today? Because many of us went through it as children, right? And, and, and so we lose sight of that over the years, and probably this fall there may be uh, families out there that are about to go through confirmation for one of their children. And a confirmation is such a reminder and such a refresher on what happened at baptism and what we are now confirming in our faith and the discovery of and the uh, bringing out of all the gifts that were imparted on our soul by the Holy Spirit when we were baptized, you know, and, and... and what a difference that could make in our lives if we spend time really considering this. And there might be gifts, spiritual gifts that we have as adults that we've lost, that we've forgotten about, that are there, not being used. And maybe this is a way to, to maybe dust some of that off or pray to God and ask, Lord, you know, what can you show me um, about the spiritual gifts that maybe I've been given that I haven't been using or, or things that I received from you so long ago that I've forgotten about? You know, what, what, a, what a time to maybe consider that. I think another um, 
application, if you will, or another interpretation of the wedding garment could could be also the um, as we were talking about good intentions and following up with action. I mean, the the whole idea that after we're baptized, you know, there are other things that we're called to do if we're gonna, you know, if we're gonna be in the in the wedding feast of the Lamb, if we're gonna continue to, you know, uh, uh, be invited into the kingdom. Uh, and I think as we go through life, there's a there's a constant uh, growing, you know, that we always run the risk if we're not constantly staying uh, in touch with God and, and not in in the state of grace for us to fall out of favor or um, find ourselves in the in the feast without the proper garment on. Um, and then we're we're uh, you know we're susceptible to being bound hand and foot and cast out into the darkness. So it's not you know it's a matter of baptism it's a matter of confirmation you know it's a, it's a matter of taking advantage of the sacrament of reconciliation it's a matter of growing in strength you know with the with the food for the journey with the eucharist um and it's a matter of just continuing to grow because uh, at some point you know we're going to you know that's we're going to really enter the heavenly banquet you know the heavenly um feast of the of the lamb and uh, that's the point at which we're, you know, this whole life is a preparation for that. So in some ways, you know, we can look at this life and say baptism is, you know, is the is the wedding garment. In another way, we can look at it and say this whole life is a preparation. I mean, we're we're getting ready to go into the wedding feast. So when we get to that point, you know, where we're called out of this life, we better have that garment ready. We better have that ready to to go into the you know to the feast because if, if we don't, you, you see what you know. We can see what happens. That thought just came to mind as you were talking. That maybe that wedding garment. Another possibility could be that it is that garment of our faith of of, mm-hmm. of our whole life of right. of Jesus. Right. I mean, we we're often given the image that God the Father. If, if we love and accept Jesus into our lives, and He is our Savior. Right. And we've acknowledged that, and we're trying to live that out then God the Father will look at us through Jesus, right? He will be there with us so that we don't receive the judgment we probably deserve, right? We will receive the judgment with the mercy that Jesus brings um, through our belief in him as our Savior. So maybe that's part of the garment. It's, it's putting on Christ in our lives, you know, and, and how do we live that out um, in all different aspects? And that gar- maybe it's the garment of faith. Maybe it's the garment of of this journey we've been on. Have we run the good race? Have we have we uh, have we been mindful our whole lives of what we what we're doing and engaging and, and, and fighting the good fight and, and the whole idea of showing up at the feast with that garment on? Uh, as a thought came to my mind, Tom, as you were describing mm-hmm. that. And for years, Todd I, and, and Tom, I, I didn't live out the baptismal promises. Right, my parents and godparents made them on my behalf, and I was confirmed. But I never, until 33 years of age, I never said yes. I never gave my, my all in to God. It was December 31st, 2003, when I was 33 years old. I finally, through the grace of God, gave my all in. So if I gave my all in that date and then said, all right, I'm good to go, I'm just going to wait and show up at the, at the party, you know, our Lord might have said, hey, my friend, right? Uh, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But I said yes to you, December 31st, 2003. But, but you, like you said, I didn't live it out, mm-hmm. right? I didn't live it out. So it's, it's that daily living it out, um, never presuming God's you know, going to just let us in because he's such a you know, kind, loving God that you know, we need to live it out, that our actions 
as the, the, the parable of the two sons, God looks at our actions more than our words. How do, how do we live it out? It's, mm-hmm. a, it's, a, it's a challenge each day. It is, and I think that there are uh, maybe groups or bodies of believers that have a once-saved, always-saved type of um, uh, aspect to their faith, and I haven't uh, done much study on that, but I, I, I wonder how, where that comes from. There's so much uh, in, in our Catholic tradition and faith that teaches that, that it is, the, the gift of salvation is a gift. There's nothing we can do to earn that. Uh, however, uh, with that gift, there needs to be a fruit. There needs to be evidence in our lives that, 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 that the gift is there, that we've received it, we've opened it, and we are acting upon it, right? And, and, and as Paul and many others have said uh, over, over centuries, um, you know, you don't want to make that assumption, Rob, as you're saying. You know, we should proceed humbly, uh, knowing that at any moment, um, depending on, because we're aware of our own frailty, of our own um, the tendency to sin, uh, you know, that, that we, we don't take any of that for granted. This, this past week, Tom and I, we, we had a chance to go to uh, Long Island, New York, with a group of, of young adults that were in a, a month-long time of, of prayer and, and training uh, and sermon for the mission that they're about to go on. And there was a Franciscan priest that came, and, and one of his teachings, Tom, I don't know if you remember him saying this, that uh, St. Francis of Assisi said to his, you know, his disciples, um, you know, don't, don't look too highly upon me because I still could be the father of many children. Hmm. Right? I mean, and this is Francis of Assisi, right. Right? right? I mean, talk about giving it all in. Right. He gave it all in. Mm-hmm. And he still is, that self-awareness is still at such a heightened level with him that he's like, all right, guys, don't, don't, don't look at me. Right? Um, so I think, Todd, that's a great, great reminder for us that, uh, you know, to have that self-knowledge or self-awareness of, of who we are, um, Whose we are, first of all, but also not be so, um, you know, overly confident that uh, you know that we're beyond turning well, away. That, yeah. that that blessed are those who are poor in spirit, right? For theirs will be the kingdom of God. Ooh, so, amen. so how 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 do we how do we receive salvation but stay poor in spirit and humble, mm. and so that this walk we walk that fine line until that one day that we're home. Uh, amen. So with that, we'll sign off. Wish you wish you all a, a great weekend. God bless you. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website, or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.